All right, everybody. So welcome to our Friday webinar. As usual, I have got our CEO, Tim McGibbon. Hey, Tim, how are you? Hey, good. Um, you and we have also got Shannon Cummings, who is in the learning and development team at McGrath. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us, Shannon. I'm really, really looking forward to your presentation. Likewise. Um, but um, I really need to know what you did last weekend and more importantly, <laughs> why. Oh, so you've heard. Um, so I have. I've actually done some research on this on this very thing myself. But yeah. um, well, more what, what do you know firstly, and before I start? Well, I know um, I know about Wim Hof, and I know about the breathing. Mm. Um, and I started to do some of the breathing exercises, but when they started to tell me to take cold showers and things, I just went, <laughs> Ah, no, that's not for Leanne. Got you. So Got you. tell me about last weekend. Sure. So Leanne, look, I look. I'm always on a, a, an endeavour to you know better myself, uh, mm. both physically and mentally. And um, I, I came across Wim Hof uh, from the Aubrey Marcus um, podcast, and he kept talking about his breathing techniques and how it's helped him in his life. And I thought, you know what, I want to I want to investigate this a little bit further. And so yeah. about a month ago, I went and did a course. Uh, we learnt the meditation and the breathing. And lo and behold, um, I experienced my first ice bath. Um, it was minus one and a half degrees um, mm. and uh, did that for three minutes. So, yeah, very similar to yourself. I'm not one for cold showers, but I'll jump in an ice bath, work that out. So um, so what I'll do is I'll just get to quickly share my screen and I'll, I'll talk about um, um, how um, we did what we did actually last weekend. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. So can everyone see the blue hand, Tim? Yeah, certainly can. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm struggling with the ice bath. There's a <laughs> there's a there's a very unique word that um, doesn't have a vowel in, it and um, and that makes it unique. And it's uh, it's called why. <laughs> why would you, Tim? We're going to get to that, mate. I'll I'll do this. So um, so Leanne, Tim. So um, so I did the course, and I actually I got so much out of it mentally and physically. So. What happens is by doing the breathing technique, it actually alkalines your, your, your system. Um, and so, sorry to get graphic, but I want to be a little bit vulnerable with here, here everyone today. And I think that's what mental health is about, to be able to share. And if I can do that with uh, yourself and Tim and uh, anyone that's tuning in today, I think that's a really good start and an example yeah. of what we can do as individuals. So I, I myself have um, struggled a little bit with uh, mental health issues in the past. Yeah. Um, some of the repercussions from that were... Uh, suffering from um, breathing, sinus issues, IBS and things like that. So in the last month since I've actually been doing it, um, I've really started to notice uh, my breathing improving, uh, my IBS settling. And so I thought, I, I want to actually push this a little bit wow. further the end. So, yeah. And so anyway, I saw online there was a retreat coming up last weekend to go to the Snowy Mountains and uh, to do the Wim Hof Method. So uh, we got to go down there. We got to do the breathing we got to do the meditation and um, then very first after we did that boom they threw us straight into a cold lake um, so three minutes within a cold lake uh, down in Threadbow. now <laughs> Leanne I can see the expression on your face and I'm glad that's the expression because I had quite a few of my mates try and tell me that um, it's spring down in the snow and it's warm no. I can assure you it's not <laughs> oh, man. so so we um so Sorry. what's the what's the I understand the breathing and the meditation. Yes. Um, what is the point of the mm -hmm. cold? So the cold therapy, what what it does is, um, so we'll talk about it in depth later in the okay. presentation. But what it does, Leanne, it actually puts the body under a little bit of stress. 
Now, um, the body can actually handle a little bit of stress. And what it does is we realize at a young age that what happens is if we keep ourselves in comfort all the time, the body's not growing, we're not expanding. So his method is to take you out of comfort by putting you in the ice bath um, and making you discomfort, but making you be comfortable by being uncomfortable, if that makes sense. So, yeah, it does. It does. Make, it makes a lot of sense, although I make myself uncomfortable doing other things that don't require me to be cold. <laughs> now, now, Leanne, that's the difference. Now, the difference is just giving yourself a little bit of discomfort, not too much. So yeah. I've got a great graph, which I'll share with everyone a little bit later uh, okay. on that. Um, but no, the ice therapy is good at around two to three minutes. Um, the shock to the system um, helps um, uh, uh, calm the nerves down and yep. it starts to restrict the flow of blood from our hands and our feet back to our vital organs. So once we get that oxygenated blood going, um, it actually neutralize, um, alkalines the body and then we actually turn around and we can reap the benefits of that um, ourselves. And look, I, I'll put my hand up and say, I didn't believe it. I thought he was a charlatan at the start. Yep. Man one month in and then after, um, you know, here I am uh, traipsing through the snowy mountains. Oh, in uh, shorts. In shorts, in shorts, Leanne. So, so, so day day one was the breathwork meditation straight into that um, that dam uh, or the river you can see there. Yeah. Um, that water was around three degrees and it actually strips the heat away from your body. So um, it's not as comfortable as what everyone might think, uh, you know, based on that picture. Uh -huh. um, so day two, uh, we got up very early. We went for a, uh, a five-kilometer barefoot hike. Um, so we Bare, start to barefoot, barefoot, barefoot right. through the uh, Kosciuszko National Park, barefoot. In the snow. Um, I'm not going to lie, my feet are probably still paying for it. Leanne, so <laughs> um, we did that. We came back. We did our breath work and breakfast. And then um, we then went for another swim, more uh, more theory work, and then uh, we wrapped that day up. Now day three is where the um, where it all came together. So you can see from the two photos there, uh, we actually um, had to hike ten kilometres up to the summit of Kosciuszko. Right. Um, it was a ten kilometre round trip that was in snowshoes. We actually had to do four river crossings barefoot. Now the water was that deep. Sometimes it came up to your shorts. So. You can just imagine you're just there in the snow. It's five degrees with the wind chill hitting you, and your mind, your mind over the matter work that you just learned from Wim Hof is starting to kick in. So right. that that photo there on the left, that's us hiking up, yeah. um, and that's us there um, on at the summit um, on the right hand side. So I did. I can guarantee Leanne and Tim, I did not just take my shirt off for the photo. I did do it. <laughs> um, so um, it, look, it was. Um, it really just proves that with the right training, um, you know, we really can control our mind and it can affect ourselves and our physical body as well. And I, I've gotten so much out of it. Um, look, I'm potentially looking at becoming a, an instructor myself on the weekends and wow. potentially looking at courses for real estate agents for our high-performing agents. Along Shannon, um, not to trivialise this, but yes. is, it, uh, is it the case, though, that in and I've never done it and I'm yeah, not sure... sure. I'm not sure I'm up for it, to be honest with you. Uh, jumping in uh, cold bars, but but if you get your if you get your qualification, I'll um, I'll give it a go. But um, is it is it the case though that um, that when when you are doing these things, the, the shock level uh, focuses everything you have on on that particular issue rather than anything else that you may may have going through your mind. I think Shannon might have frozen. 
Yeah, well, which is pretty funny. Which is a little bit ironic, yes, um, in all the circumstances. Yeah, it's a, um, Shannon, you might have to actually jump off and and reboot if you can hear me. Um, Technology is not always our friend with these things. No, that's, this would be my fault, Leanne, because I've only got a touch technology and it it fails. Yeah, I know, exactly. You're a bit of a worry like that. Mm. so it is it is really interesting, though, that the whole concept of pushing yourself so far out of your comfort zone. I mean, I'm a, a big advocate of pushing it out of your comfort zone. And, and um, my team um, will tell you that that's one thing that um, frustrates them about me is that I insist that they push themselves out of their comfort zone. But I don't know about this cold yeah. If anybody, I mean, um, I mean you is, and I, you and I have done, um, you know, we do do media and this sort of thing. And I, yeah. I know when I first had to do that and stand in front of camera, that was very it's, much outside of my my comfort zone. Yeah. And um, it's actually but, terrifying uh, the first time you do that with oh, somebody like ABC or um, yeah. Current Affair or or any of those those sorts of yeah. journalists. So yeah. you are very much in the zone, and yeah. and the zone on those occasions was petrifying. Yeah. Um, but uh, but this is uh, what what Shannon's talking about here. I think I think it may may very well be here. He is um, ironically, uh, Shannon. How much of this you heard? But we were having a bit of a giggle at your. You need um, to unmute yourself. Yeah, we go. Um, yeah, we were we were having something of a giggle about your circumstances because you froze. Um, <laughs> well played, Tim. Well played. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. I missed none of that. Oh, I didn't get any of that. So you. Oh, so, okay. so, uh, that's all right. So my question, and, and again, I underlined that I wasn't trying to trivialise this, but if, um, if you have your mind on a, on a dozen different things yes, and, um, and then um, what happens to you is that you, you, know, you, you jump in this ice bath, the only thing that is going to be on your mind at that point is freezing. Correct. Um, and it enables you, I would have thought, to have that 100% focus. Mm-hmm. One of the... One of the challenges I have is that I'm trying to do, you know, multiple things at the at the same time. And yes. um, one of the play, one of the courses I did, the guy described it as uh, suboptimal, mm-hmm. um, suboptimal activity rather than you know multitasking. He was very much against it. Yes. So um, yeah, you know, the, what you're talking about here is really mm-hmm. focusing somebody's attention on one thing. Correct. And look, I must admit, when I've done my time management courses in the past too, Tim, that's exactly right. We, we should be focusing solely on, on one object at a time. Now, um, it's funny actually you say about focusing on Tim, because once you are in that ice bath, they actually teach you to turn your focus off. Now, to get into a mental state where you focus on an object potentially around you and you focus on that. And now the, the other way, Tim, and we're going to do a bit of a breath work exercise um, shortly. Oh, great. And, um, You're so, sharing your screen at the moment, Shannon, and it's just your. It's not sharing, okay. Well, it is sharing, but it's not your. You haven't opened your um, presentation. Okay. Sorry, thanks, Rand. No, Technology, marvelous when no, it works. No. I tell you. Exactly. I was I was quite chuffed to see that you had an REO NSW um, uh, folder there uh, on mate, your. Uh... Mate, I do. <laughs> I do. T- now let me. Now Open let me. It. Let's try again, Lee. Okay. 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 All right. Does that work now, Leanne? Can we see that? No. 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 Okay. no. So you need to now share the file. Oh, share the screen, I should say. Yeah, screen. Okay. Three times lucky. There we go. Hey. Hey, uh. Okay. There we go. Beautiful. Okay. Let's try right. again. Okay. Okay. 
Um, so yeah, Tim, so as we we're saying, yeah, so it's around uh, the, your work on the breath work and focusing on nothing. So when, uh, when you go into a state of shock, what you'll find is, is the body actually is gasping for air. So we start focusing on the in-breath. Now, what happens is when you start to focus on the out-breath, it actually affects the, uh, what we call the vagus nerve, which runs from the back of your neck down to your spine. And that's what can control your heartbeat. So when you're in those freezing conditions, they get you to focus slowly on out-breath. And so instead of actually gasping for air and putting the body and elevating the heart rate, putting it into shock, you slow the body and the breath down and get focused on that. So once you start to do that, um, that's when you can start to have the mind and to focus and uh, to do your three, uh, the three minutes in the, uh, in the lake. So um, I, I'm up to five minutes um, in the ice bath now, but um, I'll only do that under, under um, observation conditions because I don't want to push it too hard. So, so yeah, really, really great observation there, Tim, most definitely. So mm. um, now just on my last slide, I yes. just want to... I want to share um, this just a bit of a story about you. So um, you can see a gentleman there in a, a red parker. Um, I was actually taking photos for the group and I was at the back. And uh, Tim, it had nothing to do with my fitness level of me being at the back of the pack. It was solely for photos, okay? And um, out of nowhere, I just hear this gentleman, he comes running up out of nowhere and he's going, excuse me, excuse me. And I said, yeah, and he goes, mate, what are you doing? You're half naked. <laughs> And I said, what do you mean, mate? He goes, mate, why, why are you in the snow half naked? And I said, oh, we're doing the Wim Hof course. And he, um, he, 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 he had a laugh. But the point I wanted to make with this is I, you know, this was in the last, last kilometre and a half of, of the hike. And mentally, I was starting to fade a bit. And all it took was a gentleman in a red parker to come up and make me have a laugh for me to, uh, to dig in and uh, push forward. And so I think one of the highlights for me was, we, you know, it's, it's what we don't expect that can make the difference. And, you know, like Leanne were touching on before, this corona, we've all turned a negative into a positive as an industry. Yeah. And, um, you know, so be, be prepared for the unexpected, most definitely. Yeah. And I like that quote, life doesn't change, but your perception does. It's all about and what you focus and, on. It's so true. It's true. And we're going to talk a little bit more on that uh, um, next, uh, Leanne. So yeah. most definitely. Fantastic. So that was Wim Hof. Oh, wow. Well, I'm so glad that you shared that with us. I've, um, I've been quite curious about it. So most definitely. breathing and meditation, I can commit to um, ice baths. I don't know. We'll have to talk further. <laughs> done, done. <laughs> um, so beers and ears. Yes. Tell me yes. about that. Beers and ears. So, Leanne, as I touched on earlier, I'd gone through, uh, you know, um, some mental health issues myself. And yeah. um, I, you know, I, I had to um, go through what we call the system. I had to get, be admitted to hospital for it. And okay. I found the, the system, it's very clinical. Um, and I really didn't, didn't resonate um, with, with the process. And it, it seemed to be more focused on cure um, than actually getting to the root cause. And, and once I went through that and I started sharing my story uh, with some close friends, I started finding that it eased the conditions of, of whether it be anxiety or depression. And I thought, if we can start a movement um, as men, because yeah. let's be honest, Tim, you can probably agree with me, we don't talk. And there's been this stigmatism around that. So I want to change um, that stigmatism and create a group where we can all come together I share some ideas and uh, we, we can actually talk about them. And I do it in a creative um, way, which is mm -hmm. um, in a creative art space within Redfern. So mm -hmm. now the, one of the hardest things I found, Tim and Leanne, is trying to get bums on seats, but to get men to talk about mental health issues. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, in the groups, you don't actually share anything. I, I, I um, tell my stories, how I overcome them, and I give people tools and that they can recognise within themselves um, in order to, to um, overcome um, depression or anxiety. And so I thought, right, how can I get guys to turn up to this talk? Ah, uh, beer. Beer, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I would actually get a brewery to sponsor it. So as you arrived, you got a beer. Um, then you'd hear me talk and, um, and we have one rule at Beers and Ears. If you get up, um, it's your shout. So um, you've got to bring back a beer for everyone else. So the idea is not to uh, get sloshed. It's there to actually use the beer as an icebreaker. So the idea is have a beer, lend me your ear. So, um, so what I'll do is now, um, if you don't mind, so sure. let's, before we get into it in depth, I'd, I'd like to do oh, a bit yeah. of a, a quick, um, what we call a box breath. So mm -hmm. this is, you know, we've got the three of us uh, in all separate locations at the moment. So if we start to do a bit of a breathing exercise to bring us all together, mm -hmm. and what this is really good, I want anyone that's tuned in right now, this is a really good tool. Now, um, if you meet anyone, like I do get nervous, I was a little bit nervous before jumping on today's call. Um, I just did a few rounds of this box breath. So um, I'll run through it and then we'll all do it together. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna um, breathe in for a count of five and I'll count us. Mm -hmm. Then we're gonna hold that breath for a count of five. We're gonna exhale for a count of five. And then once we've exhaled, we're gonna hold our breath for five as well too. So Leanne, Tim, are you ready? Yep. Excellent, okay. All right, I'm gonna count us So Breathing in and on five, ready? Breathe in, two, three, four, five, and hold, two, three, four, five, and exhale, two, three, four, and five, and just hold that breath, two, three, four, and five, and back to normal breathing. Now, normally I would do that a set of three. Now, don't get too caught up on the, um, the, the, the count of five. You can do three, you can do six, whatever. It's whatever you start to feel comfortable with it. Um, yeah, Leanne, you touched on the breathing earlier. I think if we can start to use this as a bit of a grounding, we are in a bit of a stressful situation. Pull yourself out of that. Do a few rounds of this, and it just starts to bring the mind. You can back. actually. I mean, I'm not. I'm not stressed right now, but mm. I do. You can feel that you feel a bit calmer. It, it, it does. It does. Uh, Wim Hof says, "Get high on your own supply," and that's yeah. that's what this is is about. So. Um, so yeah, so good little tip um, to remember yeah. if, if you are experiencing a little bit of stress, anxiety, think of your breath and we can work on that. So, so Tim, when you're focusing on too many things, focus on the breath and let's go from there, mate. All right, so now one of the other reasons that I got into beers and ears was I came across some alarming mm. figures. Now, I'd like to just touch this before we start um, for the fact that this, this kind of did shock me in regards to um, suicide rates in Australia. Now, last year, 3,122 people in Australia killed themselves. 70% of them were men. Mm. So if we're having a look at that, 45 men each week are actually taking their own life. Now, yeah. to me, that was a very alarming figure. And that's what motivated me more to start to work on the prevention piece for men to start talking about it. Now, uh, some, another alarming stat here is, so men aged between 15 to 44, the leading cause of death is suicide. Now, the part that got me the mo most was fit, like teenagers from 15 to 18. Now, what that starts to highlight to me is that, you know, we've got a bit of a gap in society of how we're talking about it. I'm not sure if it's a generational thing from 
you know, our fathers and their fathers not talking about um, their feelings, uh, you know, how they've, they've been affected and things like that. So, um, you know, so hence why Beers and Ears came about to start that conversation um, around that. Suicide is the 10th highest cause of death uh, amongst men as well. So we can see a lot of cancer there, but once we come out of diabetes, uh, you know, suicide is next as well. And another scary fact there is that more men are taking their own lives um, each year than more than we're seeing in road accidents. Now, I want to ask you both a question. How many times do you see preventative ads around um, suicide each year versus how many you see around um, the death toll around roads around Christmas and Easter? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I, mean, yeah. I think there's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more commentary about this right now as a result yes. of Corona. Yes. Um, but certainly, um, certainly nowhere near enough. That's right. Yeah, and and I think um, I think to their credit, whilst it's uh, probably nowhere near enough, but to to most uh, most reports on on suicide, they do they do give you the you know beyond blue and a few other numbers, Correct. so they do. Do make something of, a, of an attempt, yeah. but it's it is um, it's clearly not enough. Those uh, those statistics are um, dreadful. Horrifying. Yeah, and, and just on those statistics too, um, from this same report that came out, seventy-two percent of men don't actually seek help for mental disorders. No. So out of the men that are sitting out there right now, seventy-two percent of them are not experiencing something, but they actually won't talk about it, yep. and they won't actually seek help. Um, around that as well too and again you know beers and ears let's let's have a beer let's have a chat about this and I think you know um, there's other ways that we can be doing it look I'm just one person um, but you know you I, know, I think it's incredible that you're prepared to come out and tell your story. It's so mm. important because I know a lot of men that suffer from depression and anxiety yeah. and that do have suicidal thoughts um, and yeah. they're afraid to actually go out to the wider community and have the conversation because of the impact it might have on their career progression or what people are going to think of them. Correct, um, correct. Um, you know, I and out of that research too, Leanne, that um, it shows that um, those men that um, are that's a mixture of the men aren't seeking help. They uh, they turn to alcohol, drugs, and gambling. Um, so they see that as their outlet. Um, yeah. But let's be honest, they're not healthy coping mechanisms no. in that respect. So no. um, so I think that's why I think that it's great that uh, you know, as an industry, you're putting these talks on and. You know, I have no doubt we'll, we'll be doing more um, with this work in the future. Yeah, for sure. It's something that both Tim and I are passionate about. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's, um, it, I, wish, uh, I wish there was no need to, um, to have you here today, Shannon, but unfortunately, mm. there is a great need um, in Most the out and our industry. So, yeah. um, and I know that we, we've also given a lot of support to, um, to Rise. Yes, um, definitely. Yeah, um, for, that, for the same reason, but... Mm. Um, we do, we do need we do need to uh, shine a light on this and and be able to give people um, the comfort to know that coming coming out and 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 uh, you know being public about their difficulties in here um, is is okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And look and, and look from from this light onwards, we we're, we're going to be talking about a lot of self reflection. Okay. Um, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist. Uh, you know, there, as, as you said, there are organisations beyond Blue, the Black Dog Institute, that people can reach out to. Um, but I want to talk more about self-reflection and, and having a chat with family members, industry people that we can um, 
you know, we can air um, our, our thoughts with so that we can stop this rate of suicide. So Fantastic. So, yeah. All right. So um, just wanted to move on. So, look, that was statistics on last year. So now what's happened with corona? Now, that's expected to rise by 50% um, due to the Whoa. economical and social impacts of the coronavirus. Now, more importantly, that's tipped to outstrip the death of the pandemic by more than four times. Okay. Now, wow. now this report was done based on seeing an unemployment rate of 10%. We're currently sitting at 6.5. As we all know from the, the budget that just came out early this week, um, we're, we're hoping with the incentives that are put in place that that doesn't get any higher. So let's look at this from a worst case scenario. Yeah. But more importantly, this is still some alarming statistics that we're looking at here as well too. Yeah. Yeah, we're just hearing the stats. Uh, we were talking to the Shadow Minister for Women a couple of weeks ago and she was saying that the um, emails to refuges has gone up by 930%. By the email, yeah, um, inquiry. Yeah. Because people obviously can't call because they're with the, the perpetrator. Um, but, yeah, so there's some really horrifying stats out there. There, I actually saw a Leanne an ad the other day. Um, there was... Um, if you're actually a female and you're experiencing abuse at home, there was a hand signal that you could do to indicate oh, wow. to the person on the other line that you're experiencing that because females don't have a voice. No. They can't call out, as you said. So the hand no. signal was like this. So if anyone starts to see that, they need oh, to reach out okay, to that you. person. Yeah. yeah, so I saw an ad for that the other day. Um, look, it's unfortunate that we are in that um, circumstance, but it is the reality of where we're at. So, um, yeah, so ho hopefully we can... Um, all get together to, to prevent this from happening. So, Absolutely. So yeah. Um, and just obviously the uh, financial burden, um, you know, it's set the cost as $5 billion in lost productivity mm. um, on, on the economy moving forward as well. Mm. So um, another stat there as well, that the modelling suggests that the pandemic may give rise to 25% more suicides. So we're looking at upwards of 30% there. And that's going to be an increase uh, between the ages of 15 and 25 um, okay. Now, which is good. The government has recognised that. The government has started to put some financial um, things in place to help um, employ um, yeah. people in that age group. So it's good the government is getting behind it as well too. Yeah, it's important. So, yeah, so some alarming figures, but unfortunately, this is the fact of what we're actually dealing with um, based off the back of corona. So off the statistics, so again, as Tim just touched on, it's about being the change. So let's start to break this stigma around not talking about it. Enough's enough, okay? We need to, we've seen it. You know, based on those statistics, at some point in time, suicide's going to reach us if it hasn't already. It's going to affect you, your family, and your, your social group if it and hasn't. It already has in my case. Um, yep. And the, um, the ramifications of the family, the partners, um, it's mind-blowing the impact that it has. It really is. And what we need to understand now, look, obviously, you know, we don't understand why people are looking at suicide, and that's why we want to try and stop. But what we need to understand is, I want everyone to understand, if you are having that, obviously reach out for help. But just understand that with suicide, all you're doing is taking the pain from one, yeah. and then by you committing suicide, you're spreading it to many. Yeah. We need to contain that. We need to put preventative measures in place to actually stop that from happening. That's why I want the theme for uh, today's uh, thing is to be the change. Mm, I like it. Okay. Mm. 
So again, beers and ears was around myself, sharing of knowledge of my personal experience to raise awareness around mental health issues. But more importantly, I want to use this to motivate others to, um, for them to help seek when they need it most, but more importantly, to actually recognise that in others as well too. All right, this is a favourite um, saying of mine. Um, you can take uh, Winston Churchill's fingers there as either a V for victory <laughs> or, or a bit of a, you know what, to, um, uh, to, to mental health issues. So yeah. um, I, I resonated with this on my personal journey. Success is walking from one failure to, to failure with the loss of enthusiasm. It's a matter of just picking yourself up and we've just got to keep going, okay? It, it, it's not an easy journey, but we can do it together. Absolutely. Excellent. All right. So now I want to talk about my journey um, a, li a little bit. Now, as I said, I went through a little bit of uh, depression and, and anxiety and I thought to myself, there's, there's got to be, you know, what can I do to, to find out what can I do? And uh, mindfulness was this, this topic that kept coming up. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to have a look at, I'm going to do a bit of research. So I Googled mindfulness. And Lao Z came up with, by non-doing, all doing becomes possible. Now, I don't know about you and Le uh, Leanna, Tim. I don't know what that means. Um, so I, I delve a little bit deeper. And Buddha came up with his explanation of, I declare mindfulness is useful and it's everywhere. Okay, still a little bit confused, not going to lie. So last but not least, Kabat-Zinn, paying attention in a particular way on purpose, in the present moment, and being non-judgmental. So to me, what that means is we need to be present. As Tim said, don't, don't focus on too many things at once. And then as I learned with the ice bath is, focus on the one thing, but focus on it without judgment. Don't commentate. So I find when I'm walking down the road, I'm running through my mind, right, I've got a 10.30, I've got to do this, don't forget, you've got to start with the coffee. And you've got that constant mind chatter. So we want to turn around and learn how to actually... Um, stop that mind chatter ourselves. So, Leanne or Tim, have you got a glass of water or a drink bottle there? Excellent. Yeah, I got, okay. a, I got a glass of water. Fantastic. Guys, we're going to do a bit of a quick exercise. Leanne, Tim, can I get you to hold that glass of water and your drink bottle out like this, please? Okay. Now, my question to both of you is, is that heavy? No. Leanne? Not really. What happens if I asked you to do that for an hour? It will become heavy. It would become heavy. What about a day? Um, I don't whole think day. I could do it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't think I could do it for an hour. Yeah. Okay, whole month, whole year? No. So what I learned, you can put them down now, guys. I'm not going to uh, punish you like that. Now, what, what I learned uh, with, with mindfulness is that cup you were just holding, that represents your life. That's yeah. your job. That's your financial uh, circumstances. That's your friends. That's your family. Now, the problem is if we don't focus mindfully enough, that cup can start to get heavy. Now, mindfulness is about putting the cup down. Finding activities that you can do mindfully, mindfully where you can focus on one thing at a time. So my recommendation is to focus on mindful walking, to go for a walk and just focus on the walk. Turn your mind off. Focus on the sun. The turn, the, turn the podcast off. Take the podcast yeah. off, exactly, unless it's the REI New South Wales podcast. Of so. course. Yeah, we um, <laughs> at, um, at Lang & Simmons, we're involved um, in a project called Making Meditation Mainstream. 
Mm -hmm. um, and it is all about, um, you know, taking the, the hippie trippy kind of thoughts about away and just focusing on the fact that it is mindfulness. But so yes. many people keep saying to me, oh, Leanne, I can't sit still, I can't meditate. Like, well, yes. you don't actually have to sit still to meditate, right? Correct. That's exactly it, Leanne. And it's just being mindful, turning it off. Um, yep. Another great one, mindful eating. How many of us yes. just sit down at the dinner table every night or at lunch and scoff our lunch because we've got a deadline, yep. uh, we've got to get that listing live, we've got to yep. quickly get a compliance check before we do it, things like that. Now, actually just stop and appreciate the food, taste it. When was the last time we all tasted a meal properly? We don't usually do it unless we go out to a nice restaurant, things like that. So. That's true. That's how we can start with um, with mindfulness. Um, you know, as you said, take the the, the religious hippie version of uh, yeah. meditation, and let's stick with mindful. So hence why I went down that path. Yeah. All right. So now with mindfulness, we there, there's mindful listening, and then there's mindful talking as well. Let's all be honest. We work in real estate. That's our job to talk, and it's more importantly our job to listen. But how do we actually do it mindfully? How can we do it? in order to help a friend that may be going through something. Um, uh, we, recently, we had RUAK Day. I was in one of our offices and um, the office was celebrating RUAK Day. And I know the girl that organised it, she just broke up uh, from a long-term relationship with her partner and um, she came in and you could visibly see she was shaken up. And then she dropped the cakes in. She's like, it's RUAK, I'll see you all at morning tea. Someone in that office said to her, are you okay? And she nervously turned around and she laughed it off. She goes, oh, I'm okay. She wasn't. But that person that asked the question, they didn't know what to do. So that's why I think if we can just start to work on our listening skills, our talking skills and get a better understanding, we can start to end this depression, um, this cycle that we're starting to see by just starting a conversation. So mindful listening. The first thing we want to focus on is giving the person um, the gift of airtime. Make it all about them. Give them time to express him or herself. Take the time to listen to their issues. Sometimes you'll find that the speaker will start to wander because they'll start to either um, realise they don't want to talk about the subject anymore. Mm -hmm. Always bring it back to the speaker. Refrain from actually speaking yourself. Try and uh, ask, uh, stop asking questions and don't lead the speaker to actually wrapping up quickly as well too. Always make it about them. With that as well too, when we're not talking, Start to acknowledge them with facial expressions by nodding, using little sayings, I see, I understand, and don't acknowledge or uh, lead the speaker again. I can't stipulate that enough. And again, if they run out of things to say, give them that time, give them that silence. Uh, a little sales trick I always learned many moons ago was, uh, you know, when you're asking for the listing, first to talk losers. Uh, once you've asked for it, are you happy to sign with me today? It goes to, with, uh, when you're having a mindful conversation with a friend. First to talk losers, let them fill the gap themselves. This is not just about um, people that might be struggling. This no. is just about being a good friend, a good employee, a good team member, a good real estate agent, right? Correct. And, and, and as you just touched on, Lee, and I think it's something we all need to focus on now uh, mm -hmm. because some of us are all starting to come back to work now. And, you know, we, we need to have these mindful conversations. Mm. You know, I, I think, you know, it's, it's been one of the priorities here at McGrath. Uh, making sure that mental health and whole well-being is a priority. And, uh, you know, th these are little exercises that can contribute to that as well too. Yeah, that's great. Okay. All right. The mindful conversation. We're all really good at conversation, but how do we actually um, do this mindfully? So, again, obviously with conversation, it is two-way. We need to turn around and uh, obviously put our mindful listening skills in place as well. 
Now, what happens is we'll start to find that um, if we start looping, we start talking about the same thing over and over, or it's a roundabout um, conversation, us as a person doing the talking, we need to turn around, identify that within ourselves so we can finish that conversation. Because what you'll start to find is uh, people get frustrated that you're talking about the same thing over and over and we're not actually doing anything about it. How do you get somebody who is, if in, I'm not the person who talks around and around in circles, but I yes. have people in my world that do. Yes. So how do you get them to close the loop without being rude? Yeah, so I, look, yeah, I turn around, I highlight, just turn around and go, oh, look, um, oh, for example, you, you know, you broke up, um, you know, uh, you know, six months ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, how have you found that in that time, Leanne, that, um, you know, we, we, we keep, keep keep discussing, how does it make you feel that we're still having that same conversation? Because at the end of the day, Leanne, I want to I see you happy. What do we need to do? So we need yeah. to highlight it without mm -hmm. actually coming across as, hey, do you mind to stop talking? Yeah, <laughs> you, know? you really should be over this by now. <laughs> Look, and I, I was guilty of it. My last breakup, I swear, all of my friends were sick and tired of me talking about it. Yeah. Um, so I, I have been guilty of it. Hence why I put the looping conversation in there yeah, as well right. too. Yeah, good advice. And the other good advice is dipping. So when we're starting to talk and we, you know, we start to find ourselves looping, just check in. Hang on a second. Am I repeating myself again? Am I looping in there as well? So start to check in on yourself as well too in yeah. regards to that as well. So three good little tips there with that. So what we need to understand is the main reason we don't listen to others is we get distracted by our own feelings. That's in our internal chatter. Usually it's a reaction to what that person has said to us. And it's usually something that uh, we don't agree with. And we start to have an internal reaction to it. And what happens is we mightn't say it, but our facial expressions will show it. All right. So Leanne, as you said, you've got friends at loop and I have no doubt your facial expressions uh, show it but you're not saying anything. So we just need to be mindful of that. Yeah, okay. it's my eyes. I zone out, apparently. My eyes just ah. sort of glaze over. So watch out for that. Good to see that you've been dipping, Leanne. Good to see. Good to see. <laughs> I've got that poker faces Leanne always tells me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Leanne, you have to start wearing sunglasses to meet Yeah, now. I think so. <laughs> um, um, it's, it's interesting uh, you're talking about this. Uh, I, I was told um, if you really want to freak your partner out, actively listen to them just really listen to them and yeah. uh, it's something it's something that uh, they they haven't experienced so uh, yes. <laughs> which I thought was a yeah, which I thought was a rather entertaining uh, uh, entertaining piece of advice Tim I wish you told me that a while ago I mightn't be single but anyway that's another story. <laughs> um, so there we go so yeah acknowledge that distraction we're not there to judge them as well um, if they want to let them go, let them go as well. And um, just always with the facial expressions, let them know that we are actively listening as well too. Okay, so Leanne, Tim, have you got a pen and paper there? Absolutely. All right, can I get you to grab that pen and paper? Fantastic. Yeah. All right, I'd like you to grab that pen and paper. If anyone else is following along as well too, what I want you to do is grab a piece of paper and fold it in two for me. Yeah, oh, i got a notebook. Um, that's okay. That's all right. I'm on it. There we go. Nothing like throwing you in the deep end, eh, Tim? <laughs> yeah. Every time you say things like that, I feel cold. <laughs> Focus on one thing, Tim. So what we're going to do is just fold that piece of paper in two. We're just going to take... That's it. Fantastic. On one side, guys, what I'd like you to do is just write a, a few points and um, a few points of the things that make you happy. Okay? Might be going to the footy. Might be hanging out with your friends, whatever that is. Just, just list a few points there. 
I don't want to hold up too much of our time, but anyone that is um, following along, please do this um, as we're talking. But Leanne and Tim, if you can just write a few points and uh, let me know when you've, uh, you've completed that exercise. We need Kate to start playing some background music. We do, that's we? right. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yep. Excellent. All right. We'll just wait for Tim to finish up there. Excellent. All, we're always waiting for Tim. Uh, yeah. Well, let's be honest. Tim was the last one to join the Zoom call too, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Absolutely. Okay. Hold on to that little piece of paper. We're going to come back to that shortly. But if anyone else is following along, please complete that as we're going. So in order for us to turn around and, and minimise um, negativity in our life, we need to start to identify who we are. So we can start to identify who we are and to make ourselves a little bit better. So I want us to start asking ourselves some, some questions. So um, I've just turned around, I can't see the screen there. Tim, can you read that first one out for me, please, mate? Um, no, hang on. I if you could change one aspect of your life or personality, what would it be? Thank you, Leanne. Mine's half cut off by the Zoom. Yeah, screen. mine too. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Leanne. No problem. Together. So around that change of that personality, you know, what, what would you actually change? So we're really going to start asking questions now to delve into ourselves, okay? Okay. The second one is how comfortable are you with spontaneous ideas or last-minute change? Because once we start to know this, we can start planning our social life around this. We can start to identify this to our family and friends around booking ourselves in as well too. Are you a morning or an evening person? Do I prefer, you know, I know for myself, I prefer to have my meetings done in the morning and I'll only make, um, you know, big um, decisions in the morning because come three o'clock, I'm out. Are you your own person or are you defined by others or your role as well? Uh, social media plays a big one in that as well too. I think a lot of people get caught up on social media and they feel that they are, uh, that's their real life um, sometimes. Do you feel renewed by um, being around others or is it critical that you have your own time? For me, it's a, it's a mixture of both. Um, mm. I enjoy my uh, being around others, but um, I've got to have that time for, to regenerate. I'll go and sit in an ice bath and do something silly like that. <laughs> do you persevere or do you give up easily? Um, how well do you perform under stress really as well? What would your perfect day look like? Obviously that's outside of Monday to Friday or Monday to Saturday for us in real estate. So what's your perfect Sunday look like? Is there an area of your life you feel that's currently out of control? I think the pandemic um, plays a big role in that for us as well too, which we can identify. Mm. Do you work well under pressure or do you tend to fall apart? Now, you know, we work in a high profile, high um, impact industry. So, you know, I think the majority of us do work under pressure, but um, I think for someone that's potentially getting new into the industry, that's something you'd really need to ask yourself as well too. Are you more of a thinker of a feeler? Um, you can ask my friends, uh, they'll tell you I'm more of a feeler, uh, but you know, at work, you know, you've got to have that, uh, that logic head on your shoulders as well. So I think by following this, we get to a deeper understanding of ourselves. We can communicate this to family and friends and colleagues, and we can start to know. So then we can start to work better with that person as well too. So again, just more tools that we can start to use to identify who we are. And again, to start to prevent um, those negative thought patterns starting to creep in. All right, so now that we're starting to focus on the positives, let's now look at what suffering actually is. So we've got a better understanding of it and we can start to identify it within ourselves as well. So with our suffering, there's actually four sources of that. The first one we actually look at as here is under suffering. Oh God. 
computer's playing up on me. There we go. Um, the first one, the first source of suffering is not actually getting what I want. The second one we're looking at is losing what I like or our love, or I love, whether that be an object or a loved one in there as well too. Number three, being with what is unpleasant. So something that we start doing on a consistent... Like ice baths. Now, to you, that might be suffering there. To me, I see the positive in that. <laughs> I know I'm going to get Tim join me on one one day. I'm making that my goal now, Leanne. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm uh, sorting out my sock drawer that day. Yeah, understandably, Tim. And uh, dealing with the mind and the body, everything that comes along with the, uh, the suffering as well too. So now that we understand what suffering is, we need to start to understand when it starts happening in our life so we can start eliminating that as well or start eliminating the thoughts that we have around that. So what are some other things that contribute to suffering? By clinging, reacting, resisting, denying or distracting the suffering itself. So once we start doing that, it actually starts to increase the suffering as well. All right, so let's start to look at some truth around the suffering as well too. So first of all, we need to acknowledge that suffering actually does exist. It is there. That's the very first step in recovery by identifying that we are suffering right now. The second one is what's actually causing the suffering to peel those layers away to get to that root cause of what the suffering actually is. To know that there is an end to suffering as well. We don't have to live it. There comes a time where it does actually end. And more importantly, how do we actually end that as well? So they're the four truths around suffering that we can start putting into place with ourselves around suffering and the truth of that as well. So another one I want to put is now, as we start talking about suffering and we start having these negative thoughts within our own mind, what we need to understand that thoughts are not actually facts, okay? So the first question you want to ask yourself is this thought I'm having right now, is it actually true? Okay, because what you'll start to find is, is it actually a preconceived idea about something we think is going to happen in the future or is it happening right now? Is the thought true? Second question is, is it absolutely true? Ask yourself again, are we preconceiving these ideas or is it actually a true statement? Okay, so that's where the logic needs to come in. We need to take the personal um, side out of it. This is the importance of actually when you're having these thoughts of having a person you can have the conversation with so we know if it's true or not. How does it that this thought make me feel? Is it positive? If it's negative, if it's negative, it's not serving you. So why are we having this thought? Easier said than done. So have that conversation with a loved one or a family member or take it further, reach out to an organisation or a medical profession in there as well too. Um, what would things be like if I didn't actually have these thoughts? Now, if we can ask ourselves these four questions around truth and suffering, I think we'd be in a much better place around that. And more importantly, envisage if I wasn't having this thought, how would it be? So some, some good little points there that we can start to self-recognise with ourselves in there as well too. Okay, so that's suffering. We want to move on there. So back to our list. Leanne, Tim, have you got your pieces of paper there? Yep. Okay, well, I want you to turn that piece of paper over now for me if you can. All right, on the other side, can you please write down just a list of the things that you do every day, potentially on a weekly basis? I'll give you a few minutes to do that. Anyone who's listening in, um, take your time on this exercise. Start to make a list of all the things that you do every day. Now, Leanne and Tim, I'm not going to get you to share this with you. It's more of a, 
a self-understanding exercise. But hopefully by in a few seconds when we finish, you both have a bit of an aha moment with it. So take your time on that. I can already see where you're going here, my friend. Good, <laughs> good. Tim, you finished there? Yeah, I have. And uh, like Leanne, uh, I can see where, uh, good. where you're headed. Okay, open your page up. Open your page up fully. Mm -hmm. What's your first thought there, Leanne, Tim? Um, I don't spend enough time doing the things that make me happy. Yeah. Same, Tim. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of uh, there's a couple there that cheers me up that I'm actually there, but um, yeah. but not certainly not enough. Yeah. You know, even if it's just focusing on one. Yeah. On a day that really makes you happy. So at the end of the day, guys, make the day. The, the, don't count the days. Make the days count. It's all about yeah. it. You know, life's a one-way street. At the end of the day, really, we need to understand that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, good, that's good, a powerful, good. yeah, that's a powerful exercise. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, and but so simple, Leanne. Yeah, anyone can do that. So you know, anyone that's listening, like you know, feel free to use that uh, in your next um, sales meeting or your team meeting. Um, I will. You know, so we can work work, work, work on our well, total well-being. And the other one that I'm going to use, um, so if any of my team are watching, get ready for Thursday. Um, if you would change one aspect of your personality, what would it be? I think Fantastic. that's really that's a really powerful question to yeah. realise about yourself. So we're about to move on to the four V's now, Leanne, and I think you're going to get a lot more out of the second half. We're almost um, at the end of the presentation, um, yeah. but I just want to focus on the four V's. So. In our life, there, there's, these are the main important uh, aspects of our life we really need to focus on. It's knowing what we want in ourselves and then in the context of our life. So we can put it down to our values, views, virtues, and our vision. So what does that actually mean? So our values, that's our underlying values of what we find um, of value. For example, our job, our self-development, our family, potentially religion or cultural aspects in there as well. Now our views. Our underlying views of our life, our relationships, our work in there as well. And it's just your over-understanding of your views um, of them and your opinion of them as well too. Then we move on to our virtues, which is the underlying virtues, our morality our, and our ethics. What I might find uh, appropriate might be a little bit different to yourself and yourself, uh, Leanne and Tim. Um, and this is a really important exercise that once we understand this, we can look for this in our partner as well too. Same with our virtues, the underlying virtues of, oh, sorry, I said that one, sorry. Oh, so, uh, uh, morality, ethics, uh, yeah, sorry, my mistake. Um, and the last one there is our vision. Um, where do you see your vision for the future? What are your goals, aspirations? And what do you feel your purpose in life is? Now, four very good questions, I think, is some great homework. And Leanne, hopefully you'll do this with your team as well. So watch out uh, anyone on Thursday. Um, but I think once we've got this, it gives us a really good run of identifying where the gaps are in our life and what we need to fulfil, to have a more fulfilling life in that respect. And again, um, you know, I've learned this uh, myself and ha having an understanding of what my four V's are to find that within my future partner as well. Mm. So just uh, before we wrap up on uh, beers and ears and before we just quickly go into a few other points, what have I learned out of this as well? Um, around embracing change, I focus on what I can change, sorry, Zoom's blocking my screen again, guys, if you can't tell. <laughs> I am uh, the controller of my power. I take calculated risks. I embrace change. I focus on what I can change. I live, in the, present. I live in the present and I focus on the future. I impress the right people. I learn from my mistakes. 
I learn from and support other people's success. That's a good one. I know failure is a part of success. I know greatness takes time. I am in control of my life. I acknowledge my thoughts, behaviours and emotions. Then that was it. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> so so the, the journey that I went on, um, that's what um, I came out the other side. And, you know, I think if we can take those points and start to realise them within ourselves, yeah. um, we, we can certainly help, help change other people in there as well too. So Yeah. So, yeah, so... That, that was um, around um, the, the key learnings uh, from Bees and Ears. That's a, a, the tip of the iceberg. Um, I am looking at doing more Bees and Ears talks um, now uh, that Corona has hit um, and the restrictions are lowering. So watch this space. Um, I'm just waiting for my good mate Chet at workshop to come back from Byron Bay so then I can organise another course. Please let us know when you do so. We're, we're happy to get it out to our network. So people Definitely, Leanne. I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate that. So... Um, just in finishing, I just want to start to go into a little bit deeper uh, yeah. into stress, how that affects the mind and the body, um, and you know what, what we can actually do to limit uh, ourselves from from that as well. So the first one I want to talk around is is stress. So we need so as I touched on before um, around the ice bath. So we do actually need stress in a certain degree in order for us to grow. Mm -hmm. But most stress that we have psychologically is made up fictitiously about a potentially worst case scenario about a future event that potentially has not happening. Again, it's all in the mind. Yeah. Uh, stress like that we want to try and avoid by realising it is occurring when we are resisting life itself. That list we just did around what makes it happen, by us resisting it, that's what's creating stress. There is something in life we are saying we, uh, we don't want, uh, something that should be different. Um, they should be different and we want to start to create um, that stress based on that thought. What that means is we're not in harmony with life. We are not accepting life. And this is what creates a lack of ease within our, our life itself. This is a precursor that creates dis-ease and it starts to manifest. Who you believe you are creates a mindset around your inadequacies as with this as well too, which creates the fight or flight environment which is, means we're constantly looking for threats or stress within our life when we're in that fight or flight mindset as well. Now, the problem is if we don't address this, it restricts our outflow of life. This will then continue until we realise that life is what it is. So by me acknowledging that I, I'm creating this imbalance in my life, which then creates the unease within our system, which leads to disease and stress. So when this starts to cascade, we need to undo this as well. Um, we need to find freedom and the ability to do so. Now, I'd just like to refer back to our little cup exercise we did. It's about putting the cup down. In order for us to do that, that creates space. And in that space, it's the precursor for us to actually heal as well. By not letting go, it creates depression, guilt and anger. And at the end of the day, all we are looking for is relief in that as well. So that was just a bit of an understanding of, of, of stress in, in there as well too. Mm. So with that stress, I wanted to talk about hermesis. Um, so what happened was they found with strains of wheat, when they um, injected it with a little bit of stress or a disease, the wheat um, germ itself actually um, started growing. Um, so that's where Wim Hof's method came along, where we put ourselves under a little bit of stress. We actually grow 
But if we put in too much stress, we start to weaken. So again, Leanne, as you touched on, you, you get your stress as well, but elsewhere, but we start, now we realise that's more along the lines of too much, where mm -hmm. we just want it in little bits of increments so we can start to grow. Um, as ourselves in there as well. So mm -hmm. um, this was one of the most powerful slides I got from Wim Hof that I wanted to share with everyone and, um, uh, today. Okie doke. So now moving on to stress in the mind and the body. This is um, one of the important ones I think we need to understand. So what we need to understand is life is the way it is. Uh, what is wrong is with the narrative we start to put on life itself. So think about Shakespeare. Nothing is good nor bad, but thinking makes it so. That's a very powerful statement, was written with God only knows how many years ago, but uh, I, I think it's still relevant to this day. There is suffering in life, but it's how we handle it that makes the difference. Life just is. We need to let go of the emotional attachment that we have against our situations in life as well. So when we are in a state of vitality, good starts to come to the surface as well. And I've got a slide next that we'll have a look on that as well. Um, so there is no mind-body connection. It's just all one thing. Our mind perceives and then our body starts to feel. The mind is the, to the body is what the parent is to, to, to the child. The child perceives um, and feels what the um, energy of the parent is putting out. Exactly the same with the mind and the body. So Shannon, um, Shannon I'm, I apologise, but I'm going to have to go. I, um, yes. uh, I, I'm de-stressing my life here um, our dishwasher doesn't work, and um, and so I, I've just I've just got I've just got somebody that's turned up. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's all just the priorities. That's all right. <laughs> Thank you, thank you very much. I've uh, I've got a lot out of this, and I'm sure um, uh, people will. I've I've just noticed that we've had a request for the slide, so that's a uh, that's a good indication. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm more than happy to show. Uh, I will just be taking the photos of me with the no shirts out, if that's okay. Whoever posted <laughs> the slides. Yes, absolutely. Tim, go and fix that dishwasher, mate. Thanks, Tim. All right. So uh, thanks, Leanne. So just picking up there. So look, yeah. in order to cure the child, we need to cure the parent. So in order to cure the body, we need to cure the mind as well. Um, so as we know, mind is influencing informing how the body should actually respond to stress. Mm -hmm. If the mind is constantly in disease, distress and anxiety, the body will start to for some impeding situation or potential threat. So that fight or flight um, instinct was starting to kick in there as well too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so with that, um, with that mind as well, so in agents, we call this a psychological anchor. Mm -hmm. It's not a performance trait, okay? This is more of a release for realised potential. Uh, releasing the constraint or the thought that is actually holding yourself back, okay? The best way to look at it is, and uh, my good friend and yours too, Leanne Kevin, is uh, the sailor that we know. Yeah. It's kind of like a sailboat with the anchor holding it back. Yeah. So that's our psychological response to a negative thought that we're having. So as agents, please remember, it's a psychological anchor. It's not a performance trait, okay? It's our thoughts around particular thoughts, stresses and situations that hold us back. So I suppose the question we need to ask is, how can we uh, feel not to feel alone in a crisis such as corona. We need to ask ourselves, what beliefs can we shift that is holding us back in regards to our performance around the pandemic that's affecting our performance as an agent? You need to identify what that thought is and take that out as well too. We need to understand it's not about creating a belief, it's the illusion of separation of that belief that's currently in the way 
of us achieving our success, whether it be personal, real estate, or in life in general as well, okay? So once we do that, we remove that illusion of separation. It creates the need to survive. We are taught it's up to us to do something for that change, but it's about removing the belief that's stopping us from changing ourselves. Again, we're starting to realise, Leanne, it's all us. Life doesn't change, it's our thoughts around it. Mm -hmm. So how can we be happy with the future? Um, and more importantly, how can we be happy with the markets? I think we can probably both agree that the future and the markets are unknown. They're not a given, okay? Yeah. They are uncertainty. But what we need to understand, Leanne, is that we have to live with that uncertainty. It's our fear of that uncertainty that is bringing our stresses around that situation to the surface, surface, sorry, which creates the unease, the dis-ease as well too. So what we need to understand is uncertainty is as much as fire is to hot. It just is, okay? Then we have to ask ourselves, how comfortable are we with that, okay? So how comfortable are we with uncertainty? We live it and breathe it and we do it every day. It's the mental barriers that we put on top of it that are actually stopping us from achieving that success in there as well too. So I know we're going a little bit deeper this time, Leanne. So, we are. <laughs> but hopefully uh, it is all making sense. So I've got a bit of a graph uh, on the next slide um, here. So we want to stay in what we call balance or homeostasis. That's with um, what we know and we understand. And slightly out of that is our comfort zone, our growth zone before we get into to breakdown. So in order for us to have a, a model of wellness, we need to be able to be flexible to our responses. So if we could break it down into me being well, 100%, me just being okay, or me being 100% ill, it actually restricts us. So if we start to look at our wellness, I'm in that balance of homeostasis. I'm in there. I've got the most I can move into my comfort zone. I've got the most success for growth. And then um, I've got more growth that I can go into before I hit the breakdown zone as well. Once I'm in the okay zone, my homeostasis starts to shrink, my comfort zone shrinks, my ability to grow shrinks, and um, it accelerates my path to being to breaking down as well. Mm. Yeah, that makes when sense. I'm, when I'm ill, then we start to uh, break that down, um, and it's the quickest road to having a breakdown. So I just really wanted to use this graph to highlight the um, importance of being um, in, in the right framework, mind, body, soul, and spirit in that respect in there as well too. Mm -hmm. So um, oh, that was a little bit deep. Hopefully it wasn't too deep there, Leanne, but it did make sense. No, it does. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, excellent, yeah. excellent. So, um, and there's just the last slide there. Look, from going from resistance to freedom, you know, we've got to ask ourselves, why do we have our limitations? Uh, when we start resisting what life throws us, it starts to create that inflammation and friction and stress within our body. It isn't good and bad. It just is. We just need to accept it, okay? Um, the absence of uneasy ease within our life and life um, is what it is, um, but it always will be. So it's a matter of just accepting life for what it is Leanne, in that respect. So, Absolutely. Then, so we want to stop that procrastination around that, dissolve our negative thoughts, who would we be if we didn't have that sense of inadequacy in our life and actually what we do in there as well too. So, so yeah. And punch today in the face. Punch today in the face. Oh, yeah. right. So, oh, sorry. Oh my God. Oh my go. God. It's okay. <laughs> 
So that was that was amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to share. Not a us. problem. Um, yeah, that was that was really good, really good. Excellent. And uh, um, look, I, I will. Um, I'll, Leanne, I'll send over those slide decks. As I said, I will take those shirtless ones out. Sure. <laughs> um, in there as well too. So okay. Um, so we'll send those slides out to um, to anybody who is interested, and um, we will look forward to hearing from you when Beers and Ears starts back, and uh, we'll get that information out to our network. Most definitely. And uh, please, everyone, keep out for the RISE conference as well, too, when that uh, comes up as well. Yeah, absolutely. May. I can't remember the date now, but May, the yeah. of May. Yeah. Excellent. Absolutely. Thanks so much. And yeah, thank you. Okay, see you later. Bye-bye, everyone.